Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Nate with Good Morning Liberty, and this is another audio blog. Andrew Yang's freedom dividend is not a win for liberty. In the recent Democratic debate, we were able to hear presidential candidate Andrew Yang's plan for a freedom dividend, or otherwise known as universal basic income. This is not a new idea. In fact, even one of my favorite economists, Milton Friedman, was in support of a UBI as a replacement for the current welfare system. Yang's proposal would give a direct payment of $1,000 per month to every American above the age of 18. Rich, poor, white, black, it doesn't matter. Everyone above the age of 18 will receive this freedom dividend. The U.S. government currently spends $668 billion per year on welfare programs. Remember, welfare is just one portion of the social safety net. That number also does not take into account what states spend on welfare, another portion of the equation that is likely to change under a UBI system. The most recent count in the amount of adults in the U.S. above the age of 18 has a number around $247 million. A $1,000 payment to each of them would cost $247 billion per month. That's $2.9 trillion per year to fund the Freedom Dividend without the administrative overhead cost. Andrew Yang's UBI is proposed to be covered by a value-added tax, or a VAT, of 10%. A VAT would be paid by business owners in the production phases of their products. Currently, the U.S. does not have a VAT system in place. To rephrase the VAT, a tax will be put on businesses at production to be given to the people for consumption of their products. The idea that this would not raise prices completely contradicts all logical understanding of basic economics. Yang's own website says, It is likely that some companies will increase their price in response to people having more buying power. If you remove almost $3 trillion from businesses to fund this plan, and in turn give that to consumers to spend on their products, how can you not assume that the prices would rise to match the new buying power? If almost $3 trillion is removed from the producers in our economy, do you assume that they will all just accept that they now make $3 trillion less dollars? It's rarely noted, but it deserves to be said, the average net profit for a Fortune 500 company is only 8%. They aren't just going to take this one on the chin. On his website, Yang argues that a UBI is not likely to affect the workforce, pointing to a study conducted by MIT that found this very conclusion. In the study, it was found that those on welfare were likely to maintain a job to continue receiving benefits, but also would keep most income off the books or work a low amount of hours to continue receiving their benefits. So to get that straight, this study showed that people on welfare were barely working while on welfare and their work habits were not changed by a transition to UBI. In addition to the information about workforce participation, Yang's site mentions on the last line that businesses are likely to pay higher wages because of the UBI. This is basic economics 101. If you're offering a part-time job at $15 an hour, an employee working 20 hours per week would have a take-home pay of about $1,000 per month. Why then would that employee that was already working this job to receive $1,000 choose to work for the same rate now that they are already getting a monthly payment from the government? 
of $1,000. Businesses that want to entice workers will have to raise wages. While that sounds like a good thing, keep in mind that figure about all Fortune 500 companies averaging 8% profit margins. Walmart's is only 2%. Businesses will raise prices to meet the new expenses, leading to direct inflation in the prices paid by their consumers. Now for the title of this article. I've recently ran into so-called libertarians that support Yang's plan for a UBI. Often, they have cited Milton Friedman's support for such a plan. First off, a libertarian believes that taxation is theft. I'll write some more articles explaining the principles behind those beliefs, but in short, we'll just say that you don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. That's a pretty good principle to live by. I will agree with Freeman on the notion that a UBI is preferable to our current welfare system. This, however, is not support for the idea that a UBI would be positive for liberty. Those are two very different things. A more preferable system would be none at all, but that's just my opinion on the matter. A UBI is still wealth redistribution. It's still taxation. Actually, as I write this article, I've realized that it's not even wealth redistribution, since it's a tax on the production end of our economy before any profit has been made. It would be better stated as investment redistribution. It taxes a business owner before they've been able to make their product and take it to market which would arguably slow down the production side of our economy. For those that invoke Friedman to support Yang's proposal, let me say this. Friedman would most definitely not support Andrew Yang's plan. There's a difference between the funding needed to support the two supposedly similar plans. Yang's proposal is paid for using a value-added tax, whereas Friedman was suggesting that a UBI would be best used for our current system. Friedman said that when VAT rates are increased, it looks like another increment of inflation to the unaware consumer. That VAT is the most efficient way to raise revenue for the government. It is also the most effective way to increase the size of government. As stated earlier, a VAT is a tax before a product has ever been made. It's a sales tax on the wholesale price of goods used by businesses to create their products. It's not a good system for those looking to increase productive activities. As flawed and immoral as it is, at least our current system waits to see if you've made a sale before piling on the taxes. Last point, what about Alaska's dividend? I'm glad you asked. Alaska is a terrible example to use for a UBI system that's working for its citizens. First off, their dividend is once again from profit taken in from state-held oil companies. A VAT is not taken from profit, and the U.S. is not in the same economic situation currently seen in Alaska. Alaskans are also cut off from the rest of the world, leaving them unable to drive across state lines for more competitive goods. In addition, the entire state has the population of the city of Nashville. Plans are often easier to implement on smaller scales. Andrew Yang seems to be a very sincere person. From what I've seen, He's forthright, charismatic, and intelligent. This does not mean that he believes in liberty or a limited form of federal government. He's still just another person who thinks that the government should be left to organize the economy in whatever way they see fit. Stay principled, and always remember, taxation is theft. <laughs>